This is the Family Culture Project, episode 76. What to do when life doesn't go as planned with guest Tracy Steele. We're Carl and Kimberly Amici, and we're here to help you live a life of purpose with the ones you love. And become the family you were meant to be. What happens when you find you are not living the life that you designed? That's the question today's guest, Tracy Steele, will be answering as we talk about her book, A Redesigned Life, Uncovering God's Purpose When Life Doesn't Go As Planned. So here at Build Your Best Family, we are all about living life with intention. We talk about imagining, planning, and building your best family. But even with our best efforts, life in general, our family members, our circumstances, they're going to disappoint us. Now, sometimes it can be life-altering, like a death of a loved one, a divorce, or even an unexpected pregnancy, or the failure to conceive. Or it could be smaller things, like your kids not liking the same things you do, or not being able to pursue a passion that you have in a particular season. But no matter what it is that we struggle with, or no matter what it is that we're confronted with, there may be times when we look at our family and think, this is not what I had planned. This is definitely not what I had expected. Now, there are just so many things that are beyond our control, and I know that I am the type of person that I get super unsettled when I make all the right moves, I do all the right things, I make all the right choices, and then things don't work out the the way I think they're supposed to. I think that if I follow a formula, my life should be wonderful. I think that if I do all the right things, I should get all the right results, and that's not always true. And I've discovered that over the years, that each time I run into disappointment, I run the risk of getting stuck. I can think of numerous times throughout the course of my family life that I have been unhappy and have just thrown pity parties for months. I've seriously wasted precious time this way, waiting for my husband to change or my finances to increase or my kids to get on board with whatever new initiative I'm launching here at home. I shared a lot more about some of those frustrations in episode 65. I talked about all the ways that I wanted my family to look that I just couldn't get my spouse on board to help me with. And what I was able to do was take charge of my family's culture despite doing it alone. But I did have a lot of frustrations because my family didn't look the way I wanted it to. Now, staying stuck and holding on to these annoyances, these frustrations, and even the anger and bitterness that we want to hold on to about what's going on in our life, about what's not going the way we had planned, isn't helpful to anyone. It's not helpful to us, and it's not helpful to our family. Now, I'm not saying that we forget about dreaming and planning and build your best culture, you build your best family on purpose with intentions. I'm not saying that we stop doing that because life's not going to go as planned. I'm simply saying that it's important to design and build your family's culture on purpose, but I think it's also important to hold that culture with an open hand. I believe that there is a really healthy tension that we can live in that will serve us and our family well. So it's finding that balance and the combination of, hey, I'm going to be wise, I'm going to make wise choices. I'm going to do the things that will likely produce the family I want, that will um, teach my kids the values I believe in, will, um, you know, be the best management of our time and our resources. But we also have to be willing to go with the flow, go with the flow, not in a way because you've neglected a plan, but go with the flow in a way of, hey, there might be some things that just don't go my way. There might be some things that just don't go as planned because guess what? We're not in this alone. We're in a family and we can't always predict or control what's going on with our family members. 
And I absolutely believe that there is so much joy and there is peace when you can see the benefits of both sides of this. When you live somewhere in that tension and aren't tied to the extreme of overly planning and overly expecting a certain result and just leaving caution, throwing caution to the wind and just living life as if you have no control over it. There are a few steps that I take when I am faced with life not going the way I planned. Number one is to figure out what is it that I'm feeling, to stop and take a moment to identify exactly what the emotions are that I am having about the situation that I'm facing, the transition I'm going through, or just that sort of moment when I feel like, wow, this is not as easy as I thought it would be. This isn't going the way I planned. Um, Understanding your emotions is really important. And then the next step is to figure out and ask yourself, why do I feel this way? Why am I disappointed? And what do I believe about this? Being able to talk about that with a friend or being able to journal about it is a really great way to get to the root of what's going on. Yes, our circumstance isn't going the way we planned, but oftentimes a lot of the problem that we have with that situation is how we feel about it or what we believe it says about us. I know that there's been situations where talking with a friend and talking long enough to like literally say, I don't like this because, and then come to the conclusion that, oh my gosh, I've made this about me and not about the other person, or I've made this about how I, you know, what this makes me think about and what this says about my family more than it is about the actual well-being or the value of my family. Like I start to identify things and say, oh gosh, this isn't, this is not what I thought it was. I'm I'm more upset. I'm upset with something that doesn't have to do sometimes with the actual thing that I'm upset with, right? So the next step would be to identify where that message is coming from. Is this something that you've believed? Is this something that the existing culture has told you you're supposed to believe? Are you feeling this way because of something that you've experienced growing up? Um, I think that's really important because when you can identify this, you can then hold it up to God's truth. You can hold it up to the values you have for your family. You can hold it up to, you know, the things that you want for your family and say, hey, am I a little bit misguided here? I mean, emotions are real and how we feel is are very real things, but they are led by what we think. And so to getting to the root of what we think about what it is that we're going through Again, whether it's something really small that you feel like is is a big deal or whether it's something life-changing, understanding what you think about it, how you feel about it can really help us get unstuck. And then once we've been able to identify that step, four is to reframe what we think about it. So we can take a moment and rewrite our script and rewrite our narrative and find out what God says about us, what God says about our situation. We can take a step back and let go of that limiting belief or that lie that we've believed about what a particular circumstance says about us. And we can replace it, replace it with truth, replace it with something that lines up with our family's values, lines up with um, what we really think about what's important for our family instead of maybe what culture says is important for our family. And once, once we are able to reframe the way we think, we're able to change the way we feel about it. And then the last step would be decide what's next. And that's how we get forward motion and we get unstuck. Now, I ask these questions 
of myself because I don't want to stay stuck. Sometimes it takes me a while to ask those questions because often I want to just stay in that yucky feeling where I am unhappy about my situation, my circumstance, and I want others to feel bad for me. But that is not the way that we move forward. And so having clarity helps me to change my situation. Now, my conversation with Tracy was a really great reminder that we can trust God with our family and with our future, despite the things that we come up against, despite the things that don't go our way. You know, me and her had such a wonderful time talking. And honestly, when I'm done, when I was done talking with her, I felt like I could face a lot of the things that don't go as planned with a lot more grace and a lot more confidence that everything's going to be okay. So I hope that you enjoy our conversation as much as I did. In an organization, regular team meetings are a given. They keep people informed, help them achieve goals, and ensure everyone is on the right track. Weekly family meetings do the same. Not only do they allow you to see if you're spending your time and resources in a way that lines up with your family's values, but it also helps you approach each week with purpose. To help you get started having weekly check-ins with the ones that you love, we've created a free family meeting packet. It includes sample agendas and discussion topics. Head over to www.buildyourbestfamily.com to get your copy. Today, I'm talking with Tracy Steele. Tracy is a military wife, mom of two, speaker, and author of A Redesigned Life. She graduated from Kansas State University with a BS in interior design and has a master's degree in biblical and theology studies from Phoenix Seminary. Moving from one type of interior design to another, Tracy then worked in full-time youth ministry serving as the director of female students at Scottsdale Bible Church. God's true design for Tracy now involves improving the interior space of the hearts and minds of women around her. She enjoys linking up with other bloggers, leading Bible studies at her local church, and speaking at various moms groups and mom ministry events nationwide. Hello, Tracy. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Hi there, Kim. Thanks for having me. So a question that we ask all of our guests is, what is your family known for? Uh, okay, well, we are a family of four. So my husband, Chad, uh, is a pilot in the United States Air Force, and we mm-hmm. have two very energetic kids, Jackson, who is our fifth grader, and Katie, who is our third grader. Mm-hmm. So I think what we, what the Steele family is known for, we are probably known as the movers and the mm-hmm. prayers. I think okay. that's how you would say that, prayers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but movers by this, we have moved six times in our 12 years of marriage, Kim. Wow, so wow. we have been blessed to have numerous zip codes and get yeah. to love on numerous families across this nation. And so people will know us just from all of the moving that mm-hmm. we've done, but we also love to travel. Yeah. So we've also seen our fair share of airport terminals and oh, so wow, yeah. taken our kids everywhere. And they, we feel like as they get older, we'd rather give them experiences yeah. uh, versus things. And, yeah. and so we're definitely movers. I think we're also known for being prayers and that mm-hmm. we love Jesus in the Steele mm-hmm. family. And we mm-hmm. try very hard to, again, get plugged in with a faith community, wherever it is we're living and then to share what Christ has done in our lives and hopefully are training up our yeah. little ones to do the yeah. same. So with all of the moving around you, you have done, what's your secret sauce for getting back into community and like getting plugged in and and having that be a really healthy rhythm for you? Um, I always remember who I am in Christ. Mm -hmm. I have to, because here's the thing. We usually go into communities where people are already established Mm. and usually they're, sometimes they're military if we like live on a base, but sometimes we don't live on a base, which means we're coming already into people who have been in that area 
Mm -hmm. for decades and they have family and they have had friends and they got married there. And here's like, here I am the new girl. And so I say all that to say, sometimes it is hard for Mm -hmm. me to be received. And so I have to be the one that puts myself out there as Mm -hmm. the wife modeling that for my children to say, Hey, I'm only doing this because I know at the end of the day that I'm loved by God, no matter what happens with this new mom's Mm -hmm. group or this new group. And I'm loved by you guys too. And so this last particular move, it's been a little bit more difficult and Mm. a little bit more lonely for all of us. Had to always come back to say, okay, you know what? We are loved by God. What does he say about us? And when Mm -hmm. we get in that place, Kim, then we're able to go out and say, let's get going because God does have us here in this zip code for a reason. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's fantastic. I love that. Okay. So at the Family Culture Project, um, we help people imagine, design, and build their best family. And so I have a background in interior design. So I was really purposeful about choosing that language because to me, that's the way I think. Like anytime I approach a project or even like my kids will come home school and I'm like, okay, let's brainstorm and then let's draft and then let's do it. And and they're like, can we just do it? And I'm like, no, you can't do it that way. So um that I've resonated with your story and your background. And so I want you to tell me a little bit more about how you got interested in interior design, what that looks like in your life. And then this incredible thing of the parallels that you see with your Christian life with interior design. Yeah. You know, I've always loved art and fabric and just beautiful spaces. And Mm -hmm. growing up, Kim, my parents actually ended up working with a contractor. They were like buddies and Mm -hmm. actually designed a lot of the homes that we lived in. We we loved to turn houses. Okay. So from an early age, I enjoyed sitting with my mom, helping her pick out wallpaper that was Mm -hmm. really popular back then (laughs) and the carpet and the paint. And she really saw my love from a very early age for design type mm-hmm. of things. And so she mm-hmm. nurtured that and allowed me to be with her, be involved in all of the planning. And then in high school, she actually had a girlfriend in that city where we live that was an actual interior designer. Mm-hmm. And so as a high school student, I got to shadow this lady around as she would go and do all the things. And that just settled it for me. Like yeah. I was hooked. And yeah. also now this is totally going to date me, t- uh, Kim. Do you <laughs> remember the TV show in the early nineties called Designing Women? Yes. Okay. Oh my gosh. Yes. yes, exactly. It had yeah. Delta Burke, uh-huh. I think, it, and Dixie Carter, and they yeah. were so beautiful. They were fabulous. Oh, they were. And they, all they would do, Kim, though, is sit on a couch and talk. And I thought, <laughs> well, I want to do that too. I want to just be on beautiful and sit on a couch. Yeah. Sign me up. I'm going mm-hmm. to be an interior designer. <laughs> But I quickly learned in college that interior designers work very hard. Yeah. You know, and so I worked hard, uh, you know, getting through college, getting Mm -hmm. my degree, and then out in the corporate world where I would design offices or hospitals or Mm -hmm. different corporate banks and things like that. Um, But how I came to see the parallel, though, with the Christian life is that eventually God called me into a different kind of interior design. Mm-hmm. It looked a whole lot like youth ministry, but now mm-hmm. I've transitioned into women's ministry. And so one mm-hmm. thing that I've noticed as I've been mentoring and speaking women of all ages and stages is that a lot of them will say something to the effect of, you know what, life isn't going the way I planned, or is it going according to my design? And Tracy, yeah. I'm really honest, where is God in mm-hmm. the middle of what doesn't make sense? You know, I'm praying. Yeah nothing's changing. This is falling apart over here. Does he see me? You know, does he care? And so I try to come up with a very fun and creative way to, to encourage these women who were questioning Mm -hmm. and who doubted. And so as an interior designer, as you know, Mm -hmm. I would come into a space and there are a set of design principles that I would use then to Mm -hmm. guide all of my decisions to Mm -hmm. create something of beauty 
and function yeah. to my client as God, who is our master designer, mm-hmm. as he is redesigning us, I started to think, wait, does he use Kim the same set of principles as he is redesigning us? And guess what? He sure does. And yeah. so that is kind of how I started to put interior design with the Bible teacher part of who I am. Yeah. Too, because God uses movement. He uses patterns. He uses balance. He yeah. uses contrast as he is redesigning our lives as well. Yeah. So you mentioned your, um, your part of your title is uncovering God's purpose when life doesn't go as planned. Mm-hmm. So um, talk to me about, and I'm going to, this isn't something I prepped you for. That's talk okay. to me about um, the balance between being intentional with our lives yeah. and also being able to uh, go with the flow. Right. So how do we balance that? You know, not, we're not just living in like whatever happens, happens, but we're also not getting tied to the, like we do all the work to set our intentions. So what happens when it doesn't go as we planned or that we even did the work to, to be wise and make good choices? I think I kind of answered it in Mm -hmm. an earlier question too, about going back to God. Yeah. Throughout the book and you know, in interior design, every Mm -hmm. room needs a focal point, Mm -hmm. right? Something to rest your eyes on, something that captures your attention. And I think, you know, there's other proverbs that talk about, we want to plan and we want to be wise and we want to have some sense of what is going to happen, especially as we're leading our families. Yeah. But like you said, sometimes we've got to let that go too, because mm-hmm. things aren't going to always go the way it's yeah. planned. And so how I deal with that then, how it is kind of like a balancing act sometimes mm-hmm. is I have mm-hmm. to go back to who God is and keeping right. him as that focal point that he is the master designer. He knows what happens. I can let go of this. I can laugh at this. I can mm-hmm. even grieve this yeah. for a while because in the end, it will work out according to what he has planned for it to to do or, or the yeah. purpose that he has for that. But that really ultimately does mm-hmm. not rest on my shoulders. It yeah. rests on God's shoulders. And if this is his plan, guess what? Because he's faithful and mm-hmm. good and mm-hmm. gracious, Kim, mm-hmm. he's going to see it through. And that allows yeah. me then to release some of this yeah. and say, Lord, it may not feel good. It may hurt like the Dickens, but you're a good God. Mm-hmm. You've been good in the past. You're going to be good in the future. You've already designed it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I find that. that yeah. Point. Yeah. And, you know, as you were talking, um, I was thinking back to like my design experience and as designers, we would sometimes come up with these incredible ideas, but we would get to the site and take measurements and realize that we really needed to change our de- design to fit the conditions mm-hmm. and the site that we were building for and designing on. And you know, like, I guess you do, you have a, you have a choice. You can either like scrap the whole thing and think this is ridiculous, or you can start to work within the constraints of where you are. And I think that that's an incredible opportunity for real creativity to be unleashed because I think boundaries often really, um, it's so much about a part of the beauty of what we, what, where we end up or what we come up with or what, what ends up being the design in the end. Exactly. And so we kind of have to flex, right? Mm-hmm. And say, oh, whoops, this wall was moved over six inches and it yeah. shouldn't be there. So now I've got to, oh, I don't know, cut half of this desk off or, you know, I've got yeah. to rearrange the furniture. And sometimes yeah. you can be like, ah, at the beginning, but it ends up maybe, hey, now we've got a better view. Mm. Or, hey, now we got to put the bookcase over here and that makes better yeah. sense in the end anyway. Yeah. Uh, because there are going to be walls that are out of place. We are going to have electrical things that Mm -hmm. happen. I mean, we had a flood in our house last year and it completely took out our entire kitchen. Now that was not something I had. Okay. (laughs) I'm trying to finish the book. I'm trying to love on my kids. My man's traveling. I've got, I was also in seminary at that time, finishing up my master's. 
and I have a flood in my <laughs> Let me tell you what. We got all new floors. Thank you, USA. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Awesome insurance. Okay, plug. Not <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, but I got to befriend the workers. Mm-hmm. And one of them was going through a death of his wife. Mm-hmm. And I got to be loving to him and pour into yeah. him and pray over him. And that would not have happened mm-hmm. had that flood stinking happened. And so yeah. again, I just, I've just tried the more and more I've walked with the Lord to say, listen, I've got to roll with this because yeah. I know he's always going to have another plan that's yeah. always going to be better than mine because yeah. he can see what I cannot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm even thinking about, you know, we talk about planning your culture, but um, mm-hmm. one of the episodes I've been thinking about doing for so long is what if, what happens when your kids hijack your culture? Like I never thought I'd be a soccer mom. Yeah, like okay. that was not in the, the plans, you know what I mean? And now I'm like on the field, like three days a week with two different children that play the sport. And so like, what happens, I love the way you're talking about what happens when, um, you know, it doesn't even have to be like something devastating. It can be something really joyful that still was like, this is not what I was thinking. Like, I thought I would be a different type of mom. Right. Um, tell me about what you've learned about motherhood in, oh, in the ups and downs, like having it not look like what you thought it would. Yeah. And that's actually the principle of contrast. So I have a Mm -hmm. whole section of the book that talks just about motherhood and all Mm -hmm. of the many fails that I, and just, oh my gosh, it's kind of embarrassing, (laughs) but but like an example would be, I tried to make um, fruit roll-ups from scratch Mm -hmm. because Pinterest promised me that it was going to be quote, easy to make. Okay. Y'all have y'all ever fallen for that? The easy to make thing on Pinterest. Well, I tried to make fruit roll-ups and y'all know what those are. They're supposed to be soft and like gummy and flexible. Oh no. Oh no. Mine turned out like a sheet of rock. Like it was, you could cut glass with the thing. It was like a weapon, you know? (laughs) And it was just so bad. I sell that to say my motherhood (laughs) has been full of moments like that. And so I have learned that I am not perfect because I started out wanting to be the perfect mom and have the perfect home and be the perfect wife and have the perfectly behaved and Jesus loving kids that would have memorized in Hebrew the entire canon (laughs) by age of five. And guess what y'all? No, 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 no. And so Mm -hmm. I learned that guess what? I am not going to be perfect and either are my kids. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. And that's why I think God has allowed that contrast is that I had some expectations, moms, that were way out of whack. And mm-hmm. even some of the dreams, because I'm just type A by nature too. I'm yeah. firstborn, type A, loves Martha, you know, loves to be in control. And I think that's why my kids are so opposite is because God's like, no, I need you to see them how I see them. <laughs> and I have dreams for them that are going to, you know, maybe look a little differently. So let yeah. go a little bit. And I think that has been one of the be- beautiful gifts of motherhood mm-hmm. is to yeah. learn how to do that. Oh, for sure. So throughout your book, you offer design tips, but not just for the home, but for the heart. So could you tell us some about some of uh, those? Yeah. Um, And you mentioned these design tips. There's some Mm -hmm. other things in the book I just wanted to quickly mention. Yeah. Uh, like we actually have testimonies from mm-hmm. women just like you and I, Kim, that are mm-hmm. in the trenches and God is just redesigning them, broken dreams, death, broken jobs. I mean, yeah. relationships, all of these things. So I love stories and I love hearing from other women who mm-hmm. are real and mm-hmm. authentic and who love Jesus. And so we've got those in there for you guys. We also mm-hmm. have news minute questions, which are just like two or three little questions at the end of every chapter that kind of help you actually apply 
mm-hmm. what you are reading. And these would make great discussion uh, questions for groups, Bible yeah. studies, women's moms groups, that sort of thing. But then we also lastly have these design tips for your heart and home. And so these are just little short little devotionals or like maybe two or three paragraphs that give you some practical ways to actually redesign physical rooms in mm-hmm. your home. So I mm-hmm. look at spaces such as your hallway. How often do we think about the hallway? Yeah. It's important and you'll read why. I also look at different planes in the room, such as your ceiling. Because I think we mm-hmm. forget about our ceiling. That that's mm-hmm. very easy that we can redesign. Uh, we also look at things such as texture. We look at color. We look at lines and mm-hmm. how we can use even those elements in a room to just quickly give it a whole new look or feel. And so what I don't want you to hear me say is that you've now got to go out and stop <laughs> everything you have, ladies, and buy everything new. Your husbands will thank me for that. Um, I've always said this too, that really what makes <clears throat> a home beautiful, Kim, is mm-hmm. not the furnishings within it, but the faces within mm-hmm. it. Because we are made in the image of an extraordinarily beautiful God. And so mm-hmm. if we are in the home as his image bearers and we are beautiful. Guess what that does to our yeah. home? It makes oh, it absolutely. So we don't have to break the bank to do yeah. this. Um, and so then I also at that same vein in these design tips, do look at our hearts. And I always mm-hmm. look at the verse at the beginning of all of these design tips to help you also think, oh, how can I apply this tip mm-hmm. to also redesign that interior space? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's fantastic because I think oftentimes we get stuck with um, like the particulars and we want a formula, but I think like the approach of stepping back and looking through the lens of like your design principles or looking through a different lens allows us some clarity and helps us to see um, what maybe we would have overlooked before. I think too, you probably see this too, Kim, a lot as you're talking with moms is, you know, again, there's that social media, Pinterest, Instagram comparison Mm -hmm. thing. We're like, well, my house doesn't look like that. Or, you know, and we're, again, we're looking at all of these, you know, um, physical, tangible things that we can see and say, I'm not measuring up here. Yeah. You know, like I've got milk and Cheerios everywhere. I ain't getting no white couch. <laughs> you know, like what's all the white wall thing going on? I mean, yeah. autumn, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I, what I'm trying to do in this book is to say, no, you know what? Instead of focusing outward, let's mm-hmm. just take a minute as friends, as sisters in the mm-hmm. faith. Again, I am in the trenches with everyone here that is listening. Let's look inward for a second mm-hmm. and, and see what God wants us to see about ourselves. And I, I again, I'm hearing from leaders, there is freedom in that. There mm-hmm. is such kind of a weight lifting off of our shoulders once we're just focusing on us and God instead of what everyone else is doing. Yeah. All right. So one last question, but I think you've probably answered it, but I'm going to let you repeat yourself if you need to. (laughs) So what's the one thing that you could tell someone who wants to be intentional with their life and their family culture, however they feel like things just aren't going as planned? They're not alone. I mean, you and I have already said the same is true for us. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we just need, again, to have a fellow sister in Christ, you know, kind of Mm -hmm. virtually put an arm around us and Mm -hmm. say, you are not alone in thinking that. You are not alone in feeling that, that your God is big enough to handle your doubts, Mm -hmm. handle the fears, handle the sadness, handle the grief. But I would say trust in your God, because again, Mm -hmm. he is sovereign. He is not shocked by what is happening to you. He is not surprised by what is happening to you. He has a loving purpose behind whatever is going on, whether he will show you all of that this side of heaven, or you may have to wait till you're home to see kind of that purpose, but keep Mm -hmm. your eyes 
focused on your God because this world is wobbly. It continues to try to push him out of every facet of our lives, especially the family, and everybody is just wobbly. And so we have got to remain steadfast or constant Mm -hmm. in our faith by focusing on the one who is our constant. And the more that we do that, the more our kids are going to do that. And like I said, Mm -hmm. the very beginning, the more we will be known for doing that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here. And I cannot wait for our listeners to read your book, A Redesigned Life, Uncovering God's Purpose When Life Doesn't Go As Planned. Thank you for having me, Kim. You can find Tracy at www.tracymsteel.com. She's on Instagram as Tracy M. Steele and on Facebook as Tracy M. Steele Ministries. We'll link to all of this and her book in the show notes. If you would like to connect beyond the podcast, you can find us over on Instagram. It's our favorite place to hang out and share the ups and downs of everyday life, what we get right and what we get wrong too. Plus, we share the family hacks that have helped us build culture along the way. You can find me at Carl Amici. And you can find me at Kimberly Amici. Don't let the pretty pictures fool you. Our family culture is not about perfect. It's about purpose.